Amen. Good morning, Orchardville. Wow. Wow. It is good to be back uh, with all of you this morning. Uh, I think we've got a message this morning that is going to be really helpful uh, for people as we get ready uh, to start 2020. And you do realize that this is the first Sunday of 2020. It's a brand new year. And that means, folks, that 2019 has left the building. <laughs> yeah, now see, I'm glad somebody did that. <laughs> because, because, see, for some people, some people are really, really glad to see 2019 go. Some people are really glad to see it in the rearview mirror because, listen, 2019 was a hard year for some people. Am I right? Yes. Okay. There are other people who are, well, they're a little sad to see 2019 go because while some people had a really, really hard 2019, there are other people that had a really, really good 2019. And so we have a mixture of people in here this morning that kind of have a, a, a variety of, of views on the year that just left the building. Some are really sad to see it go. Some are really glad to see it go. But whether you're sad that it's over, whether you're glad that it's over, I'm sure that we all agree on one thing. And that is that we are all this morning as we sit here and, and we have all of, of 2020 ahead of us. We are hoping, we are praying, we are, we are believing that 2020 will be one of our best years ever. Amen? Amen. Okay, man, that's what we want really, really, really badly. And so when we start to go down that road into a brand new year, and this happens obviously every year at this time, the calendar is turned from one year to the next. We have a kind of a different variety of ways to, to go about managing the year that's ahead of us, but most of us have this in common. Uh, we'll, we'll take our old calendar, whatever was on it for the previous year, and we'll say, glad that's behind me. Right? Because we have this thing that is out with the old and in with the new. Like, whatever that was, where, oh, hey, that was a good landing. I did that without even looking. That was pretty good. Uh, whatever was in here, and, and I'm certain that there's some, there's some good things in, in this calendar from 2019 for most of you. But there's a lot of you in here, there's some really crummy stuff on this calendar from 2019. And you would just as soon be out with the old and in with the new. You don't want to bring any of this garbage ahead of you into 2020. And to quote my good friend, the Grinch, Rongo. I want to give you a, a hopefully a completely different way to look at the year that is ahead of you. I want to give you a different way of thinking about the year that God has blessed us with that is in front of us 
And instead of leaving the year behind us in the way that we always have, I want to challenge every one of us here this morning to make 2020 a nothing ever wasted year. In EW, a new year, I want to challenge us to make 2020 a nothing ever wasted year. So I want you to say that with me. A nothing ever wasted year. We're, we're going to go green this morning. We're going to talk about recycling. Now, I know there's some people in here this morning like, yes, I love recycling. And there other people, that's the stupidest thing in the world. I can't believe we're going to talk about recycling. I hate recycling. Well, let's, let, me, let me just explain what recycling is. Recycling is making new stuff out of old stuff, right? You try it with me? Recycling is simply making new stuff out of old stuff. What does that have to do with us here this morning at Orchardville Church as we start 2020? It's this. Instead of leaving the bad stuff that's in this calendar behind you and acting like it never happened, we don't want to forget it. We want to reuse it for the glory of God. So with that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the year that is ahead of us. God, we have incredible, enormous opportunity. 360 blank pages still left to write. 360 days to fill a calendar of activities. And Lord, we want them to be all to your honor and to your glory for the cause of Christ. So, Lord, help us to learn this morning. Help us to be wise this morning as we prepare for what's ahead. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. All right, so we want to have a nothing ever wasted year. So if we're not going to waste anything, let's, let's start with the past because this is what we just got through with. We just got through with 2019. We just got through with the year. And I can promise you there are people here this morning, there are things that happened in 2019 that you want to throw behind you and you never want to see again. You never want to deal with those things again. So... I want to call your attention to Luke chapter 13. I'm going to put verse 8 on the screen for you here. I'm going to put this under the, the label of don't waste your past. Now, in Luke chapter 13, there is a parable of a landowner who has a fig tree. And the fig tree is three years old, and over the course of three years, it hasn't borne any fruit whatsoever, none. So the landowner shows up to kind of inspect the fig tree and he tells the gardener there, he says, you know what? I've been coming here for three years. That doggone thing hasn't, hasn't offered one piece of fruit, nothing. It's worthless. I don't want to see it anymore. Let's dig it up, get rid of it. Let's get out with the old and in with the new. And then the gardener answered him in verse 8, and he said, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. 
the groundskeeper is telling the landowner that the best chance that this fig tree has to become fruitful is to surround it with crap. How's that for good advice for the year ahead of you? Is that not what he's saying? Give me another year. Let, let me surround this thing with manure. See, this is, this is the very stuff that we want to throw away. This is the very stuff that we want to throw out, never see again, never think about again, never ponder again, never deal with again. We don't want to mess with the crap in our lives. We want it behind us, never to bother us or interfere with us again, ever. I mean, absolutely, that's that, you'd, you'd love to put all that stuff behind you, never deal with it again. Be honest, raise your hand. I mean, we don't, we don't want to deal with this stuff. We don't ever have to want to mess with it again. The last thing in the world that we want to do in a brand new year is drag all of that crap, all of that garbage, like, ooh, this is the best stuff I got, come on. No, no, no. You want to get as far away from that as you possibly can, right? Listen, everyone here this morning has hurts, pains, disappointments, failures. There's not a person sitting in this room this morning. There's not a person that is watching online now or in the, in the days to come. There's nobody that is hearing this message that isn't dealing with hurts, pains, disappointments, and failures in your life. Nobody. Everybody's got them. And they, they range from, from minor things to major things, from, from physical to emotional to spiritual. And, and everything in between. They, they cover this incredibly large and wide spectrum. But church, hear me on this this morning. God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes a hurt. And it may actually turn out to be, as the groundskeeper says in Luke 13, that the best thing that any of us can have happen in our life is to actually allow ourselves to be surrounded for a while by that crap so that it allows fruitfulness to grow in us. You know why sometimes that's the best thing for us? Because everybody's been through those hard seasons, those failures, those disappointments, those hurts, those pains. And if we will let it, if we will, instead of trying to run from it, if we'll let it surround us and we realize the only way to deal with this is to draw closer to God, then it becomes the fertilizer for the growth in our soul. How many of you have ever realized that usually the most spiritual growth that you will ever uh, undergo is through difficult, trying circumstances. Now, I don't think anybody here is looking at 2020 going, man, I want some hard things. I really want some more hard stuff to happen in my life. I want some more pain. I want some more disappointment. I want some more failure. Yeah, give me some of that. Nobody in here is looking at 2020 going, I need more of that. 
And yet, it is in those very situations where most of our spiritual growth comes from, church. Because it is in those moments that we realize that we can't do it by ourselves. It's in those moments where we realize that we need to lean on God. And so instead of running from those things, we need to let them surround us to the point that we allow ourselves to draw closer to God. Now, there's a pastor. I've read a lot of his stuff. His name is Rick Warren. Many of you might be familiar with him. He's a pastor of Saddleback Church out in in California. And uh, he wrote Purpose Driven Church. He wrote 40 Days of Purpose and Purpose Driven Life. He's been an incredibly successful pastor. He's impacted thousands and thousands, well, truthfully, millions of people around the world. He has gone so far as to suggest that one or two of those hurts and pains and failures and disappointments will actually turn into your most significant ministry for the Lord. Because you've already been through it, right? You've already been down that road. And it allows you to come alongside somebody who is now going through what you've already been through and share the lessons that you've learned, share the insight that you've gained, share the comfort that you have received. One of the biggest questions in the world is, you know, why does God allow hurt and why does he allow pain? And Rick Warren, I'm going to share four things that Rick Warren has said. Uh, Why does God allow that? Uh, Well, number one, because God has given us free will. Can we all agree here that we've all made stupid decisions somewhere along the course of our life? Amen. Right. I mean, you know, just just look at who you're sitting beside. Right. Turn around and say, you've made some stupid decisions. Now listen, we live in a broken, fallen world. Everybody has made some really stupid decisions. Why? Because God did not make us robots. He gave us a free will. And because he gave us a free will, not only does that mean that we're able to make stupid decisions, it means that other people are able to make stupid decisions, even bad decisions, even hurtful decisions, even painful decisions. Have you ever made a decision that actually hurt somebody else? Right? It happens. So why does God allow hurts and pains? Because he gave us free will. And along with free will comes some pretty stupid, hurtful, painful things that we, we choose to do. God also uses pain to get our attention. You ever tried to, to just ignore a, a part of your body that hurts? It's really hard, isn't it? I mean, you know, I don't get a lot of headaches, but as soon as I get a headache, man, I'm looking for the Tylenol or the ibuprofen. Oh, man, because I just don't want to deal with this. We don't like pain. Pain gets our attention. We want to remove the pain as soon as we can. Well, God uses pain in our lives to say, hey, hey, do you realize what you're doing? Do you realize what's going on? Do you realize I'm here? Instead of turning to the Tylenol, why don't you turn to me? God uses pain to get our attention. God also uses pain to teach us to depend on him. Because in a lot of cases, we'll find ourselves in a situation that there is, no matter how hard you work, no matter what you try to figure out, no matter what you try to do, there's nothing, 
nothing, nothing that you can do to change it. And God says, stop trying to change it and figure it out. Just depend on me because God can change anything. Amen. And then lastly, because God allows pain to give me a ministry to others. That's what we were just talking about. God allows pain to give me a ministry to others. In other words, the, the hurt, the pain, the failures, the disappointments that you've been through, they prepare you to serve. Man, that is an entirely different way at looking at the crap that you've been through, isn't it? Instead of going, man, I don't want that anymore. I just want to throw that as far away as I can so I never have to think with it again. Don't waste your past because God never wastes a hurt. He said, hey, you know, if you look back on that thing that happened in, in April last year, and it's in your calendar. You know what it is. If you look back on that thing that happened in April, if you look back on what happened in July, you can use that. There's somebody that you know right now, that, and this is God speaking, there's somebody right now that you know that is dealing with what you went through last year. You remember what I taught you? You remember what you learned? That is your ministry. That's how you serve. There are people sitting here this morning, you have no idea how to serve in the church. The pain, hurts, and disappointments that you went through last year or the year before that or the year before that, they have prepared you to serve in a way that many of you have never even thought of. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, I'll put this on the screen for you. Paul says, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. I'm going to read that first part by myself, and then I want you to read that second part with me. He comforts us in all our troubles, read it with me, so that we can comfort others. Why does God comfort us in all our troubles? So we can comfort others. Church, do you see that? All of that hurt, all of that pain, all of those failures, all of those disappointments, all of those tragedies that you have been through, don't just throw them away. Don't just turn your back and pretend they never happened. Take the comfort that God gave you as you were dealing with it and turn it, recycle it into something that can serve and bless someone else. See, everybody needs recovery of some type because, listen, y'all, ain't nobody perfect. Ain't nobody perfect. Your pastor's not perfect. Your staff isn't perfect. Your deacons aren't perfect. Your finance team isn't perfect. Your Sunday sink leaders aren't perfect. Your family ain't perfect. Nobody is perfect. Everybody has challenges. Everybody has struggles that they go through. And who, who is better equipped to walk alongside somebody who might be struggling with, with alcoholism than somebody that God has helped uh, have victory over alcoholism? Who is better able to walk alongside somebody who is dealing with abuse, whether it's physical or addictive, 
than somebody who has had to deal with and, and find freedom from the, the, the scars of physical abuse or addictive behaviors. Who else can better speak their language? Who better to, to come alongside somebody who has, has experienced loss in a traumatic way than somebody who has also experienced loss in a traumatic way? You know, I, I, have, I have never, ever, ever lost anybody close to me uh, in that way except once. And it was, I, was, I was in college at the time, and it was a, a family that we were close to in my home church back in Aiken. I was in Columbia at school, so I was 60 miles away from them. Um, they weren't part of the daily rhythm of my life because I was now at college and had been for a while. That's the only time I've ever had anybody, and I really wasn't that close per se. So it's really hard for me to come alongside somebody who has lost a family member or a loved one who is really close to them through a traumatic circumstance. I haven't truly walked in those shoes. But you know, this church is filled with people who have. And when somebody loses someone in that fashion, is it really better that the pastor who hasn't experienced that is, is trying to send them comfort? Well, he should, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's even better and more helpful when somebody who has walked through the same situation can put their arm around that person and say, I know how you feel. He comforts us so that we can turn around and recycle the pain in our lives so that we can help others. Now, we were, we were celebrating the last part of Christmas. Um, last Sunday, we were up in Peoria with our kids. And uh, I understand that was just, just a wonderful testimony service uh, last Sunday. You, I, and Carlin shared a little bit of that during, during worship time, um, that it was a good God who'd really dealt with difficult circumstances. Now, I wasn't here, and I didn't hear him. But if you're on the, the Facebook private page, uh, Tina Withrow just shared just an unbelievable life story and journey. Uh, Tina, are you in here this morning? Somewhere? Oh, oh there you are. I, I, it's just, I read that. My, it, it, two things happened. My heart broke for what she's been through, and I was inspired and encouraged by the strength Amen. of what... And you know what? Many of you were too. That's what it means. Church, don't waste your past. Don't waste the pain, the hurt, the disappointments that you've been through. Because if you will let God, God will not waste those. And he will use them for his glory. Philippians chapter 1 verse 12, Paul said, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me, they've actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. You know what Paul was saying? All the stuff I've been through, whatever it was, when it's all said and done, you know what it accomplished? It accomplished the furtherance 
of the gospel. Church, that's fruitfulness. And this morning, I am challenging you, I'm challenging myself, that we not waste the things that have happened in our lives, that we allow that manure, that crap that we have endured and experienced to to make us fruitful for the furtherance of the gospel. Because it will if we will. Don't waste the past. Another thing I'm going to challenge you with this morning is not, don't waste your present. Don't waste your present. It's important not to waste our past, but don't waste the present either because we, every time we, we turn the calendar, we, we all get pretty excited about you know, what, that, what that could mean. What are the possibilities of a new year? What are the opportunities that, that might be a part of this year that is ahead of me? And, and we're trying to leave all the negative stuff behind and believe for the good stuff, the opportunities that, that might present themselves to us in this coming year, in the present. Don't waste your present. And there's three things I want to talk to about that. And the first one is the opportunities. Ephesians chapter 5, 15 and 16. Paul said, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Walk wisely. Don't be foolish about the days and the opportunities that are presented in the course of a day. And in this regard, Paul is specifically referring to the opportunities for the furtherance of the gospel. Do you know that most of us, we, we walk around and we look for opportunities for our own benefit all the time, right? Don't we? I mean, you walk into a store, you're looking for the, the cheapest price on the, on the item that you buy at the grocery store. If thought, whoa, it's on sale. I'm going to buy more of it. Why? Because that's smart. It's, it benefits you. There's a benefit to you. You're buying something you like and you're spending less money. Or the shoes that you've had your eyes on for, ooh, those shoes are on sale. Man, I'm going to give me some of those. We're looking for opportunities for our own benefit all the time. Paul is saying, hey, be wise with the opportunities for the furtherance of the gospel. Do you know there are way more opportunities to further the gospel on a daily basis than most of us ever see? You realize that? See, God is always at work. We, we pray all the time, Lord, do something. You know the Lord is already doing something? He's already doing something. It's just most of the time we're not looking where he's working. We're saying, I want to do this over here. And so, Lord, do something. And the Lord's saying, well, no, I'm not going to go over there. I got something going on over here. You come over here. Right? You come over here. And we miss the stuff that God is doing. We'll walk right by it because we're looking for him to bless the thing that we got our eye on already. I remember reading a long time ago, uh, and, and this, I hadn't planned to, to share. This was another book that uh, Rick Warren had written, and he made an observation in it. Um, and I read this book probably 15, 16 years ago, and it's, it's, the illustration has never, never evaded me. Uh, he went, and he lives in California in the L.A. area, and he'd go out and he'd watch people surfing and he'd watch these guys surf 
and, and some guys that were just really, really good. Really good. And, and really good at picking out a wave to surf. Because, you know, not, not every wave was worth surfing. Because, you know, some of those waves, they just kind of do this. But then other waves, like, wow, you know, I want to ride that one. So they would go out and they'd, they'd skip some waves and other waves they'd pick and they'd, they'd ride them. And then they'd ride them for all they were worth. And they were incredibly skilled at it. And he said, you know, as good as they were at surfing and as good as they were at picking the wave, none of them made the wave. Is that not profound? None of them made the wave. None of them created the wave. God made the waves. They just picked the one to surf. Church, God is always working. Whether you see it or not, God is always working. There are opportunities for the cause of Christ that are happening all around us all the time. And most of us walk right by the majority of it because we're looking at things that are opportunities for our own benefit, not the benefit of the furtherance of the gospel. So my challenge in the present and opportunities, let's not waste our opportunities over the course of 2020 that are presented on a regular basis for the furtherance of the gospel. Let's look for and join God where he's working and say, Lord, how can I serve? Don't waste your opportunities. Don't waste your present in the time regard. Do you know that time is the only thing that we can't make more of? We can make more of anything else. We cannot make more of time. You ever thought about that? It's the only resource that we cannot make more of. We cannot acquire more. We cannot work to gain more. We can't make more of it no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try. Time is a finite, limited resource for us. So why would we waste it? But boy, we are pretty good at wasting time, aren't we? I, I mean, you know, there, there have been seasons in my life I've had wasting time down to an art form. You know, there's some people skilled at surfing waves. There have been times in my life I've been really skilled at wasting time. How many of you have ever had a, a good season of your life being skilled at wasting time? Any of you? All right, there's a few of us that are honest. So, okay, the rest of you, there's repentance at the end of the service. It's a good way to start the year. But you know how, you know, you know why we, we don't say, why we won't admit that we waste time? Because we always can justify the time that we've used, can't we? Well, I didn't really waste time because I was doing this or I was doing that or I was trying to accomplish this. Um, I, if, if you've ever spoken with Sam for a while or, or gotten some counseling from him. And by the way, if, if you need any, he's a great man to go to. Great man to go to. Um, but one of the things that he's, he's shared with me, and I love this, he goes, you know, sometimes people will say, well, you know, this, this, and that. And he goes, well, um, that's, that's not a reason. That's an excuse. Right? We have reasons for the time that we waste. But most of our reasons are really excuses, aren't they? So my challenge, not only to all of you, but to me as well, don't waste our time. We cannot repeat or duplicate 
or do over any of the time that we've wasted. It's gone forever. We have that moment and it's gone. So let's commit ourselves to 2020 to not waste time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste our opportunities for the cause of Christ. Don't waste our time. One more, don't waste your money. Don't waste your money. Now, money is one of everybody's favorite subjects in church. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about money for a minute. Yay, I love money talk in church. Everybody's like, oh, man, we're going to talk about money for a second. Yes, we are. <laughs> you ever noticed that, and, and I've, I've seen this meme on Facebook before, but it's true that, you know, people don't think twice about, you know, putting $25 on the, on the table at the restaurant. They don't think $25 of using it at the, uh, at the uh, grocery store or at the movie place. But man, you put $25 in the offering plate, it's like, oh, oh, man, that hurt. How many of you can just say amen? amen? Say amen or oh me, whichever one feels right. Have any of you ever saved money in a, in a penny jar? Do you know that stuff can add up? Now, in the world that we live in now, it feels like, you know, saving pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters is like, nah, that's just such... What's the point of that? I mean, because it, it's so small. It's so small. It really doesn't mean anything. I want to read, I want to, read to you an article of a guy that um, um, I had read about once before, and I went back and I looked this up. This guy's name is Paul Brandt. Uh, he considers himself a penny pincher, but his savings in quarters and dollar coins really paid off. He's 70 years old, you're not going to believe this one, but this is, this is from a newspaper. He used more than $25,000 in change to help buy a new Dodge Ram half-ton pickup truck. $25,000 in change! And that was 13 years after buying another truck with spare change. He has been storing his change for years and he estimated that he had about $26,000 in coins for it. So he bought his truck and still had $1,000 in coins left over. In 1994, he bought a Dodge pickup and a Dodge Neon, both using almost $36,000 in quarters. Like what? Are you kidding me? And he said this, as long as you don't put your hands back in the till, it really adds up. Brant stored his change in coffee cans, water jugs, and piggy banks over the years. And he was escorted by the sheriff's deputies as he brought the rolled coins to the dealership. Now, how about that as a goal for 2020? <laughs> the man is buying cars off the lot with spare change. And he said it adds up as long as you don't put your hand back in the till. Here's the point, y'all. Small things will add up. Amen. And so 
we, we really are reluctant sometimes to pull out a five or a 10 or a 20 and put it in the church offering plate, but we think nothing of pulling out a five or a 10 or 20 and spending it somewhere else. But you know what? That five and 10 and 20 that you spend somewhere else, it adds up. And you know what that leaves left over for God? Sometimes little to nothing. And all of the opportunity that we've missed, all the blessing that we've missed, because we looked for our own benefit, we looked for opportunities for our own benefit, and we thought nothing of spending small amounts. Not thinking that those small amounts add up and keep us from the blessing of giving to God what should go to him and the ministry that flows from that. I want to say one other thing about not wasting the present. I've already talked about the past, but I want to mention that again. Because you know when you recycle? You recycle the past, but you don't recycle in the past. Right? You recycle now. Now is when you recycle. And, and I will say this. I'll give you a different definition for recycling. It is taking the past, stuff from the past, working with it in the present to create a benefit for the future. Church, I've urged you not to waste your past, but we have to work with our past in our present to affect the future. And that's the last thing I'm going to challenge you with this morning is don't waste your future. I'm going to put two verses on the screen for you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Paul says, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above above and not on earthly things. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine, he says, but as it is written, eyes not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. We'll ask our worship team to come to the platform as we prepare for the end of the service. But I want you to focus on those two verses for a moment. Do you understand that what God has ahead of us what God is preparing for us is worth every sacrifice that we may make in the present do you realize that somebody say amen, amen. do you realize that what God is preparing for our future we have not even had the ability to completely conceive or comprehend how great, how wonderful it will be. Don't waste your future. Don't take your eye off the ball. Now, I'm going to shock you here this morning. Everybody seated here this morning has a PhD. You do. Some of you didn't know you were that smart. Some of you didn't know that you were married to somebody that smart. Everybody here has a PhD. Because everybody here has plans, hopes, and dreams. That's your PhD. You are an expert in your own plans, your own hopes, and your own dreams. Most of us use them for our own selfish purposes. You know why? Because the future that we're looking at is all about us. 
you know, what's 2030 going to look like? What's 2040 going to look like? So forth and so on. Paul is saying that what God has for you, what he's got for me, what he's got for us, that future is so incredible that instead of using our plans, hopes, and dreams for our own benefit, let's use our PhD for God. Let's give our plans, our hopes, and our dreams to God because that future will be greater than anything else that we can imagine. And it is that future that will keep us focused in the present on the things that truly, truly matter. So let me give you this final thought. Let your present activities and priorities, the stuff you're doing today, the stuff you're going to do tomorrow, the stuff you're going to do in the middle of this week, And all of those things, by the way, they're shaped by your past, whether you recognize that or not, whether you acknowledge it or not. It's all acknowledged by your past or shaped by your past because your past led you to where you are today. You understand that, right? Your past, good, bad, and indifferent, it led you to where you are today. Somehow, some shape, some form, some fashion. So let your present activities which are shaped by your past, be guided by your future, which is focused on the things of God. Churches, we've got a whole year ahead of us. I challenge you, I challenge myself, I challenge everybody listening. Don't waste your past. Let it surround you to the point where it makes you fruitful don't waste your present and don't waste your future and if we will do that if we will claim as our theme for the coming year that we're going to live a nothing ever wasted year I guarantee you it will be a year unlike anything else you've ever experienced. Let's pray. Father, I know this morning that there are people who just had more pain, more hurt, more suffering, more tragedy than it seems like anybody should have. And yet, Lord, if we surrender that to you there's fruitfulness in it Lord there are people here this morning that are so anxious about this coming year and they want it to be everything they can but as they've thought about the year ahead it's all about them Lord would you through the power of your Holy Spirit this morning grip every heart that the plans and the hopes and the dreams for this year and the future, God, that they will somehow shift from our own personal benefit, Lord, to the kingdom of God and the furtherance of the gospel. So, Lord, whether somebody needs to deal with their past this morning, their present, or their future, Lord, help us to make this a nothing ever wasted year. In Jesus' name.